Libertarian Voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Normally, Saturdays from 3 to 6, and I've been pretty good about Saturdays from 3 to 6 lately. Today, we're on Sunday from noon to 3, so if you're listening right now, it is live. You can call 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK, or you can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. We're talking about the Starbucks incident. That was just a clip from... Uh, Rashawn Nelson, one of the guys, and he said, and this is something, I'm not going to play you all the clips. There's multiple clips to support every single thing that we're talking about here, so I'm not going to play them all because I want to get through the big, big issues. But he says, put action into place and stop using your words. This is something I've seen over and over again, even uh, starting with a clip we played a while ago from Stacey Abrams rally saying, you know, we don't want to take action instead of using words, process and all that kind of stuff. But but there's something unfair going on here and we need to take action. It's basically vigilantism, I guess, is is where they're headed with this. Uh, And I'm just pointing it out because when you see see memes like this get repeated over and over again it's going somewhere it's gonna it's gonna come out i actually have a hashtag uh wtwof what to watch out for on my twitter which is at monica perez show and this is the kind of stuff i alert people to and a year or so down the road you're gonna see what the end game was and um and i think there's several end games here i want to uh i have a really interesting one let's let's put this this little subject away and I'll move on to the next really interesting kind of sub theme. I feel like I see here, uh, Binkley, do you, my producer Binkley is here reading tweets, providing, uh, clips and other production assistance and, um, interesting insights to boot. What do you have for me? Well, I have an inter- an interesting tweet, which is a good idea, but it will never happen. It says, get rid of free Wi-Fi, no more loitering. Right, but their whole point, oh, yeah. that's interesting, because that reminds me that I think I've now concluded that Starbucks is the Facebook of meat space. Yeah. <laughs> that it's actually meant to congregate us, and of a certain demographic. I'm not that young enough for it, but there's, uh, I noticed this, and then I heard actually the founder, well, whoever he was, the chairman, um, Howard Schultz, say it, I, and I've noticed this theme emerging also, that... So many people go through Starbucks that you can really affect change in narratives and dialogues and mindsets by accessing those people. So they want you there. They want to corral you. And I actually thought, I, I don't really believe this is true, but that, that, that there, I do believe there are surveillance elements to the Starbucks network. And every couple of years, they seem to close down shop for some major... Uh, political awakening, and I wonder if they just have to shut their systems down and and do some uh, maintenance. But, I mean, there are other ways to do that. But I do feel like, and actually, it is such a surveillance-oriented place. I'm sure there's a video of the entire thing from beginning to end. We could see if they were sitting there for two minutes. That's hard to believe, you know. But anyway, we had a call before the break um, uh, about... uh, 
how a store really can't function if it's just open to everybody all the time who isn't who isn't buying stuff. Um, and I feel like caller Alex in Atlanta uh, can kind of rebut that a little bit. I don't know. I don't want to put words in your mouth, Alex. What do you got for me? You're on with Monica. Well, you know, I, I've listened to a few callers call in, and they put a lot of burden on the on the customer for businesses that rely on customers. Uh, I've been to a Starbucks all my life, black, white, regardless of the race. People sit there all day long who haven't ordered anything. They bring in their laptops. They have meetings there. Uh, this is the environment that Starbucks has, has created over the years so that they can, you know, be there when people get thirsty or hungry if they want to get something later. That's the nature of Starbucks. And I, I see a lot of people taking these knee-jerk reactions, blaming customers for really oversensitive employees. And I think, you know, as you know, Republicans and Democrats start arguing over these issues, I think we're all being dragged into ridiculous arguments where the people who are actually causing the problem in society are overly sensitive they're, they have knee-jerk reactions. They don't have any critical thinking skills whatsoever. And then they drag us all into it so that we have these discussions over nothing. Yeah, Black okay, Alex, wait. There, there's a lot going on, so just hold on a sec. I absolutely agree, and that's why I'm going to move on from this in just a second. When we finish, we are absolutely being dragged into a dialectical setup, framing the issue. We're all talking about it. There are deeper issues at work. But I have to say... I understand your interpretation. However, the police incident report says that these guys cursed at the store manager. And, you know, it looks like there is evidence that there was a deliberate provocation here. Do you feel, does that change your opinion of what what problem? Okay, so that's fair. But I've been to so many Starbucks where people got their orders wrong or something wasn't right. And regardless of race, uh, I've seen lots of people get cursed at. In fact, in society... Expletive a lot of people get cursed out at Starbucks. Starbucks seems like such a different environment from that. Like that's the other thing. I feel like Starbucks, that the in-group out-group thing of like the Starbucks hipster is actually more powerful than some of these other social divides we're talking about. I, I'm I'm surprised to hear that you've heard people get cursed out at Starbucks well, yeah, numerous I mean, times. I've, I've heard people curse at each other at employees at Starbucks. At, at, we, we, I don't know if we're heading towards a society where we're going to outlaw expletives. I don't know if that's happening. Oh, we're going in the opposite what... direction. They're saying words on, on CNN that I wouldn't even say um, on my podcast. Well, that's what I'm saying. So if, if, we're, if, if we can use curse words, then why would we arrest people for cursing? Well, they were. I'm saying cursing at the barista is an is evidence that they were trying to provoke this. I don't know what else uh, they did. I don't, I don't know why we're not seeing the video of it. I don't know yeah. if you've ever been to New York, but <laughs> don't you hear me talking? <laughs> I'm quite, I've lived. I grew up in New York. Okay, then you know about the Seinfeld episode about the soup Nazis. People have discord all the time. Oh my gosh! You cannot give me an example of a fictional sitcom as. That's it. Now you're just wasting my time. Hey, Binkley, you're, uh, uh, you haunt the Starbucks, right? What's what's your what's your feeling? What what is the policy? Do you people go in and order nothing and camp out for hours and then order? There or are what? some people that who do that. Do that? But do they curse at the barista? I've never heard people <laughs> cursing or getting in a fight with a barista. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to be uh, facetious there. The manager said that this was policy that she was following, and there was somebody else in the organization that backed her up before they... Well, it's definitely policy that they can't use the bathroom. 
It, and I'm guessing that since they walked in, they didn't just sit down. They walked in and immediately demanded to use the bathroom, asked to use the bathroom. And when she, and I don't I, I don't know what how it unfolded after that, but they immediately called attention to themselves. If there was cursing involved, you know, I don't know who started it. I mean, it's just we don't know. Is it not sensitive to assume everything is about race and racism? Is that not also being overly sensitive? He was talking about people. Yeah, being I think sensitive. that makes things. I, I don't. I do not think that the framing of this issue in this way is meant to uh, increase our understanding and increase harmony and and look into the soul of another person and uh, accept or reject them by the contents of their character, which should be our goal. And we don't know what happened, so we should not be wasting our time with that. But I do think there is something that nobody's mentioning that I want to get to, and I noticed it with these two guys. They Look, if, if the racism in this country is as pervasive as we are told, and I'm not actually even disputing that there is. I honestly believe that there's, there's um, many, many levels of judgment, whether it's prejudging and going with stereotypes or judging one person based on your experience with another person in that group. There's tons of that. The guy with the bad teeth called earlier. I myself have had... Um, uh, been the victim of um, prejudgments. So, but what, if that's true, then these guys being calmly uh, handcuffed and arrested, I, that happened to you, right, Binkley? You were, right, now we don't have a lot of time, but you were falsely arrested once, right? Yes, I was arrested for having a suspended license that should not have been suspended. Okay, so was it unbelievable, was it the most traumatic thing that's ever happened to you? No, it wasn't traumatic at all. It was so absurd that I was laughing most of the time. Okay, so if these guys really deal with this every day, everywhere, that I'm not belittling, you know, that 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 this scenario as they described it uh, would have been unjust if it really unfolded the way they said. However, the level of you know, I, I'm not sure I would call it uh, traumatizing to two guys who've had to live with this their whole lives. Yet I I, I want to. And I'm not even trying to pick on them. It's the Starbucks of CEO who, I, who I'm bringing this home. But I noticed it. Let's start with uh, clip 10. This is Dante Robinson. As the first sign, I saw that there was something emotional going on here that seemed disproportionate to the event that was part of the story. So let's hear clip 10. So what I want is for a young man or young men to not be traumatized by this and instead motivated, inspired. Uh, okay, I don't have a lot of time, but I'm going to go for it. Sorry, Rachel, I'm sure you're like, no, don't go for it. I'm going for it. Uh, let's hear, this is the Starbucks CEO, Kevin Johnson, on Don Lemon on CNN, clip eight. I've interviewed thousands of people in my career, and you know, I don't know if, it's a, if you're exhausted or if, you know, how this really affected you. Maybe it's a combination, but... Uh, you seem to be really affected by this. What's going through your head? Well, you know, um, you know, it's been an emotional experience. And uh, spending these three days on the ground and, and sitting across from these young men and really trying to understand how this could happen in today's society in a Starbucks. In a, in, a, in a Starbucks, where our mission is around the human experience and creating a warm, welcoming environment for everyone. 
And so for me, it's a learning experience. It's, a, it's an emotional learning experience. And I take it personally. So yeah, I'm affected by it. And I'm going to fix it. So I actually feel like there's an element, not of emasculating men, but of feminization, like totally unrelated to anything we've been talking about. There's a feminization undercurrent here that I think we're going to see more of. But <laughs> let's talk about this after the break at Monica Perez show. Monica Perez. This will not stand. You know, this aggression will not stand, man. On News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Hi, today of 64, tomorrow's high 68. Weekend weather is brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. Uh, my producer Binkley's here. Do you have a tweet for us? And uh, what do you got? Yeah, I have a tweet. Let's see. Alan tweets, I only know of Starbucks due to my travel through airports. If I am asked by a manager of an establishment, I will leave before going to jail. Anyway, I don't care about Starbucks. Three bucks for a black coffee sucks. I don't even know if it's that cheap. It's that the I don't the coffee is like burnt to me. The it's guy really asked me strong if I was, too. The guy asked me if I was from New York. First of all, <laughs> I have to say, if someone call, it, why is he listening to my show? He never listens to my show. How could you not know I'm from New York? It's annoying how from New York I am. So, sorry, it is true. <laughs> the only complaints WSB ever gets is about my accent, which is amazing <laughs> considering the things I actually say. Yeah. But uh, the now they'll get a bunch of complaints about my accent because I just fed the troll. Uh, the Yes, anyway, but what were you... Um, yeah, New York has great coffee and it's like at the food trucks that sell the bagels you know like you want your coffee like tommy's coffee not that stuff but um but you were saying that call before the break the guy who probably does obviously does not listen to me um you said that some of the points he was making were just stuff that you had seen in some of your uh research it was what? right out of the mouth of every progressive show but you know don lim and uh anderson cooper the view so you're saying these are the talking point I, yeah. i'm not like being an idiot i understand that i i found my own talking points that i think that they're oh, like put your words away take action uh, men crying and being intimidated by probably something not as traumatic as other yeah. things they've definitely but you're seeing other things and and these are some of the talking points you're hearing we have like 20 seconds yeah it's here. it's the theme that they were just harmlessly sitting there and that what happened is by default racist regardless of what the whole story is right so if it comes out that it was a provocation it won't matter because underneath it all there is racism. i have a really funny uh clip to play you <laughs> that demonstrate there is racism there is perceptionism um, oh, well, a guy I absolutely love puts it very amusingly after the break. 800 WSB Talk. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez. You maniac! You blew it up! On News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We are in the home stretch here. I am the Libertarian Voice on WSB Saturdays from... Three to six normally. Right now, it's Sunday, 12 to three. Uh, having a live discussion about what I think are many layers of agenda, policy, um, goals coming out of 
the Starbucks uh, video of two guys getting arrested. And the meme is that if they were white, it wouldn't have happened. But there's some evidence of provocation. I think even just the idea, I've called it the art of ambiguity, that every single solitary video that makes that divides us by race or anything else that I've noticed over the past several years, ha- you never see the whole thing. You never see the whole incident ever, ever, ever. You always see the middle of the video or after the incident start. And this is no different. We absolutely do not see the behavior of um, that that instigated the problem. Who was at fault? You absolutely don't know. So you have to. You have to bring your preconceptions to this, and it almost always divides upon um, uh, party lines. It's whatever your preconception is. I call it the art of ambiguity, and I and the reference I make. Obama kind of did it with his like having nothing, hope and change, and and Trump did it by saying everything, and you could pick what you wanted. And I always think of it as like if you watch Doctor Who, he has psychic paper. And his idea is blank and you project onto it whatever you want. And that's how I think it works. So um, open to discuss it. Anything that we've brought up during this show, you want to comment on, do it. 800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. Um, I want to get to Stephen on the phone in just a second. But first, I'm going to go to my producer, Binkley, who... Uh, has been providing these great clips, and um, and I want to get a tweet from Binkley. Go ahead. What do you have? I have one from, well, I lost my place there for a minute. Um, you want me to give you a second? I want yes, to. Does Rachel have that second. clip? Rachel, do you have clip, uh, let's see, what is it, 27? serve so many millions of people and employ hundreds of thousands of people. We, we can use this as an opportunity to educate. So that was Howard Schultz, who is the chairman of Starbucks. I think he was the CEO, gave way to Kevin Johnson, the guy who was crying earlier because he was so traumatized meeting these guys who experience racism every single day of their lives. But for some reason, this is making everybody cry, cry real tears. Um, so, but this is, but what I was saying is earlier is that Starbucks now I realize there's there's something uh you know I can't say deep state anymore because it's been hijacked yeah. as the Obama holdovers which it isn't the deep state killed JFK they're not Obama <laughs> holdovers but whatever the shadow government was ever the power behind the scene is Starbucks is part of that a lot of these monopolies and oligopolies they get they, they'll get like zoning waivers in a town that a regular mom and pop shop won't. And that like drives all these regular guys out of business. And it and it favors these mega corporations that then can be as a quid pro quo to the founder who's a billionaire after this. They can be these messengers of social change. And he's admitting that's what they are, not that, that that's what they were set up to be. I think they were set up to be that because I I always peel the onion one layer more than anybody really wants me to. But that's what I think is going on. Give me a tweet, and then I'm going to go to the call. All right, I have a tweet from Wife Dudes, who tweets. I don't want to know what it really says that you're trying to not say. It's probably something vulgar. Go ahead. The agenda is to tick off voters to keep them still interested in voting. Oh, yeah. Ah, that's such a simple one, and that Mm -hmm. is such a part of the dialectic. It's just like I don't even... 
actually don't even believe the votes are are counted properly. So I don't even think all this voting nonsense is about voting. It's about perception Mm -hmm. and engagement and co-opting. You learn that in business school. I went to business school. They tell you how to co-opt people to make them on your side. And and like salesmen do it by nodding their heads while they're talking to you. And then you nod your head. And then you're both on the same page. Mirroring. What? Mirroring? Yeah. Yeah, you force the other person to mirror you. Anyway, let's not get into that right now. I want to go to Stephen. Stephen, thank you for holding. You are on with Monica. Hey, how you doing, Monica? Good. What's up? Um, yeah, I just wanted to say about the Starbucks. You know, I feel like, you know, I'm the same demographic as they are. So, you know, and I started going to Starbucks about a year ago when I started trading in electronics. You know, I started going on a regular basis every day. And... I go in there and I, I see it as the price of opportunity. You know, I pay $3 so I can come in here to be comfortable and be safe and, you know, buy electronics from people. So I don't understand how you could conduct what you call a business meeting at a place and not pay to go there. You know, if we were renting a hall or renting, a, I, I don't know, a venue for us to, you know, host a business meeting here, I would pay. You know, when you go to rent your house, you pay. When you rent your car, you pay. Uh, whatever you do, you pay. If you don't stay if you don't pay. And, that's and Starbucks pay. is paying. They pay. And that, and they that, own that, that place. And that's how I feel. And I don't understand how, like what you said earlier, like everybody's trying to be demasculized. It's like, I don't understand. It's like, how can you be upset that you didn't pay $3? It's like, why are you mad? I don't get it. It's because America's okay, I feel like, nowadays with being a B-word. And I feel like they're trying to make everybody a B-word, and I don't get that. Well, the the argument, I think, is that uh, white people do it all the time, and nobody says anything. Like, there's this... That's not true. Yeah, it's like they all... I go to Starbucks every day. That's not true. I feel as if that's not true. I look at everybody's cup, and it's full. Or it's half empty, or they have a... Yeah, they have a cup there. That's, you know, that's the only thing I'm getting at. They could have asked for a glass of water and paid 20 cents. You know what I'm saying? They could have asked for anything. And I don't understand how you don't value the price of opportunity. It's, you know, it's very important to pay for what you want. Yeah, and it's a very low price indeed. But it yeah. reminds me of there was an old Saturday Night Live skit where they the man and the man and the woman both go to the bathroom at like this restaurant, and the man just goes in, goes to the bathroom, comes out. But he's like, there's some sense of mystery behind the door for the women's room. And when when he see catches a peek, it's like people are being fanned with big feather fans, and there's like attendants everywhere. Like there's some there's some hidden. Uh, you know, glory back there that that you don't have access to. I I don't go to Starbucks, so I don't really know, and I don't go because you can never get a seat. <laughs> so yeah, I don't I don't go. And I, I I see that too. And like I'm not generally a Starbucks goer, and like I said, I'm from the same demographic as they are. And you know, my views and how I think about it is. I, I feel as if they are really media driven to, to, to say the things that they said because it doesn't really make sense. It's like, you know, you know how it is. It's like uh, you pick up your kid. He's crying. He starts crying more because he knows you're coming to pick him up. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And it's like, I don't get that. It's like, why, why wouldn't you pay $3 to have a business meeting? It's actually a lot cheaper than a venue. You know? And then that you get the feeling of self-righteousness because people echo the systemic problem that you're identifying. And I'll tell you, I mean, what do you think about, see, I feel like there 
is, I, I don't know about Starbucks. Starbucks actually seems like the last place that uh, a worker would um, indulge prejudice because of the way Starbucks culture is, and it's yeah, really cultural. Yeah, vibe of Starbucks. There's some Starbucks you go to, it's a full black community. Some Starbucks you go to in San Francisco, it's a full um, Asian community. Uh, depending on where you go, is you know, it's a different demographic. And yeah, I just don't see, you know, but... but uh, if you were those guys and that happened to you, would you be traumatized to the point of tears? What is your personal experience? My personal experience is, well, an experience where me and uh, a Starbucks manager actually got into it because that actually happened to me before. And how we got into it is because they didn't have change and they didn't have a sign saying they didn't have change. So it made me upset that for some reason there's a policy that, that's not in front of everybody. And I don't understand. It's not a policy. They're saying that you can't come in here and sit there. But it's also known that a private business, you need to spend money with them to come in their door. It's like, it's not Walmart, you know what I'm saying? It's like, don't come here and, and hang out. It's not for that. It's not the mall, you know what I mean? That's funny that you should say that thing. Thank you, Stephen. Uh, you should say that thing about the change. Like, two or three people made reference to getting change there. And I wonder if maybe they're... Um, helping usher in the kind of cashless society. I mean, there could be another agenda. Once you think, once I think of something as a, as a tool of, uh, of what I think clearly is this move towards, uh, you know, I, I've gone beyond calling it the world government, and I think of it as the world corporation. And I think James, who called earlier, has called before with kind of the same thought that it's, it's really this, it's, it's like true fascism. And I'm not talking about like race-based fascism or anti-semitic nazi stuff i'm talking about the actual economic mussolini's theory of like corporations and governments working hand in hand i think that's really part of this and and a lot of it is about technology and controlling society a cashless society a personal carless society a fully surveilled and censored society this is all ways of controlling you and controlling your information and your uh, flexibility. So if you don't have cash, they know everything you spend. If you um, don't have a car, you can't go anywhere they don't want you to go. So uh, it could be even deeper. I think we might have actually penetrated another level of agenda here. I'm going to have to start thinking of Starbucks like I think about Facebook. But Binkley, I know you did a lot of work on this. I want you to chime in and tell me uh, what, you know, what are your, what do you think are the most important takeaways here? I think the most important takeaway is for me, this was an orchestrated event that Starbucks might have been a part of or they might just be taking advantage of now. But, it, yeah, this is an orchestrated event. So what Stephen was saying is, like, all of a sudden, these guys, there was no big issue, and they're making it an issue, and they're crying louder the more attention they're getting. So it could be as, as simple as, you know, because this is the other thing. I think this thing was a setup just because of watching the video, but you can, but there are real issues. So you yeah. could actually just wait for something to happen. I think they used to wait for things to happen. I think that's what Rahm Emanuel was saying. You never want a good crisis to go to waste, but I think they've gotten so sloppy and people have gotten so poor at uh, analyzing stuff and never do their own research. We're being trained to not do our own research. The media is, I think, deliberately cutting back on the amount of evidence they give you so they can train you to just accept no evidence, mm -hmm. no sources. And then to go around and say, uh, you know, that it's 
it's just whatever. Fish I have another oil. takeaway. Yeah. I think we're going to see a lot of this over the summer. I think there's going to be racial division. I think race baiting and exploiting people, the tension that's, that's present in society right now in order to um, divide people up before the midterm elections. I think it's going to be all over the place. Yeah, and I do actually think that's the surface problem, and I think that other agendas will get, you know, it is that crisis, so they so they don't wait for the crises, they actually create the crises, and they have numerous agendas underneath it all, and uh, they'll take this one, the low-hanging fruit, and while you're not looking, they'll force that other stuff um, into policy changes that people just don't even examine anymore. Yeah. Let's wrap it up after the break. Uh, this is Monica Perez. Monica Perez. Well, no one's going to top that. On News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Periods of rain likely. High of 68 forecast for tomorrow as the work week begins. But that could change. So stay tuned to WSB for weekend weather brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. Right before the break, we are wrapping it up. Normally, I'm on 3 to 6 on Saturdays. Today, 12 to 3 here on Sunday. But we had a call right before the break uh, from Stephen. If you want to hear the whole show, uh, I'm sure it's going to be um, worth listening to from top to bottom. Just go to PropagandaReportDaily.com in a few days, and you can get all our commercial-free podcasts and this show. Uh, So if you didn't hear what Stephen said, but... Stephen was saying he goes in and sits at a table at Starbucks to do some business, but he buys something. It costs him three bucks, whatever. And uh, he said it's basically rent. It's it's being able to rent a table to conduct business for an hour. It's well worth it. They're paying for the property, blah. So uh, he's helping me clarify here. Uh, something I noticed is that one of the underlying themes is it's a public place and and you shouldn't have to pay rent. You shouldn't have to buy something to use the bathroom. It's a way of eroding uh, the concept of private property so that if it's open to the public, it is quasi-public. Now, this is, is a, an interpretation of private property that's being expanded, in my opinion, that started with the Civil Rights Act of 1964. So people get under extreme controversy, Barry Goldwater, Rand Paul, for criticizing the Civil Rights Act. But what the problem people have with it is it was the first time, as far as I know, where the federal government was telling people limits on how they could use their own private property so that it was a way of saying the the government kind of owns all the property and you then are using it under our rules, which was not the mindset before that. And here, I think, is another shift in mindset. Now, then... It was very obvious that the racial problem promoted the outcry for a change, and that was segregation. Remember, segregation was a law in many places where they were telling people they could not allow, but it wasn't a federal law. It was local laws. This was, And then the federal thing um, not only made localities unable to make those laws, it actually started telling private people how they could use their property. And I feel like using race to effect this change in the way we think about property is a little more cynical because I think it was a setup. I don't think this was actually a racially motivated situation. And I think what Stephen's interpretation was that these guys, they were not in the right, but once they got all the attention, they, they were, um, did feel self-righteous. I don't know exactly how to interpret it all. Um, there are ITs to a few things that we're going to have to get to another time. Um, Stacey Abrams, uh, we can talk about next Saturday. I think there's maybe a debate this week. Binkley's going to have some uh, some insight into who's funding her. You'll be very surprised, I think. 
you don't already know. Um, I wanted to talk about the Southwest Airlines accident. You're going to have to go to my Twitter feed for uh, my many interesting insights into the weird details of that one. That's at Monica Perez Show. And I did not get to play the video from the real Charles Ramsey, somebody I absolutely just adore. I think he's hilarious. So I will see if I can um, find the video for that and tweet it out. Thank you, everybody. Crystal, Rachel, Binkley. Thank you for the callers. And I will be back next week, Saturday from 3 to 6. This is Monica Perez. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.